right. And officially, here we go. Episode 65. That's a six and a five. We made it 65. Uh, no Laugh Track, Acme's podcast. This is Justin Severson. Thank you to Circle of Heat for letting us play their music at the beginning of the show there. Uh, my guest this week, we just figured out, he must have been in town like the week before I started this podcast in 2012. 65 podcasts ago. That's correct. And here he is, Chris Porter. What's up, buddy? What's up, dude? Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. I'm glad to be the 65th. I believe that's uh, the titanium anniversary. I should have brought a gift. Or you should have brought a gift. I should have brought a gift. You should have brought a gift. Uh, my gift. And I feel like I did with my presents. <laughs> and That's true. And my Royals gear. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I have a lot of it. I know. I had a. Uh, I used to have a Royals hat. Yeah, was it on clearance or something? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. When did when when they won the World Series? Nineteen eighty five. Eighty five. Yeah. Yep. I was uh, I was like in elementary school. We all were. And I started a thing only because I got that hat somehow uh, that I was going to get the World Series champs hats. Oh, nice! Like every year. I and think it went like three years, and then I stopped. And then the Yankees won, and you're like, I can't do it. Yeah, fuck the Yankees. Exactly. I can't buy Yankees <laughs> anything. But I did have a Royals hat. Well, thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if you were a real fan, you'd have a Royals hat from 2004. Is that what yours is? Uh, no, it's just that's when we. That was the depth of our terribleness. Name was, those were the dark years. And the star on the team back then would have Mike been Mike Sweeney. Mike Sweeney. It was Mike Sweeney and eight Hispanic dudes that you never heard of. <laughs> and that would all, like, you could show up on Tuesday and it would be a group of them and Mike Sweeney. And then on Wednesday, it would be another group of Hispanic gentlemen and Mike Sweeney. It was just like, I think it was. He just never who, even got to know him. I think it was whoever wasn't working at, at the high end Mexican restaurant. <laughs> Got to play for the Royals in 05, so. I believe that. I was there. I went to Coffin Stadium once or uh, tw- twice. It's a beautiful place. This was before the, I know they had a remodel in the they last remod- like, 10 Yeah, years. it's way cooler now. Just in the fact that you can walk around. Like, before you couldn't walk around. Like, if you were in left field and wanted to get to right field, you had to go back around home plate yes. and do all that. Well, now it's all connected and you can go stand by the fountains and things, which is kind of cool. I remember two th- two things stand out. One, the freaking rednecks that were in the outfield uh, that were the Royals fans. There's a lot of that them. Had, uh, <laughs> they had brought in their own. And maybe I was jealous because this is back when the Twins played at the Metrodome and you couldn't bring in your own food or beverages or anything. Oh, and now yeah. I think they're more lenient uh, like, uh, with that at Target Field. Yeah, once field. you take the roof off, yeah. you can bring in whatever you want. The rules change a bit, yep. Uh, you're back Bottle to the, rockets. Back to the origins of baseball. But I remember seeing these uh, these rednecks at the Royals game, and they each of them had their own bag of chips, like the big like $3 bag of chips oh, yeah. from the grocery store. That's lunch. That they'd probably... <laughs> Uh, brought from the night before that they were eating with dinner. Oh yeah, because the bags cut in half, so you can get to the bottom easier. Oh, that is hilarious! Like they're that lazy. <laughs> yes. Like they can't even stick their hand in a whole bag. It was trimmed off. Oh man, I bet they wheeze a lot. I bet they just walk. And, <laughs> and then the other thing that was the year, one of the years when they were uh, threatening the twins with contraction oh. and. Royals fans were harassing me and my buddies with contraction. Oh yeah, and it was like which they probably had to look up what it meant. <laughs> contraption. Okay, your wife's in pain. <laughs> she's about to be in labor, buddy. I don't. I think you looked up the wrong definition. You shut up. 
<laughs> now I looked your name up, Chris Porter, on the internet. Yeah, and uh, I'm just gonna you can uh, confirm or deny this these allegations okay. against you. Absolutely. It says here, and this is uh, I, I, this is direct quote from the internet, so it's probably okay. true. Absolutely. Chris Porter has been arrested numerous times for drugs. The first time happened in the summer of 2001. When Alabama police found small bags of cocaine and marijuana in the car he was driving, he eventually pled guilty to a misdemeanor marijuana charge in 2006, some other things, November 2010, uh, misdemeanor marijuana charges, and then uh, you had to finish your sentence once the basketball season was over. Uh, yeah, that is uh, that is that would be the basketball player, Chris Porter. Oh, that's not you. Uh, that's not me. That's not uh, you. Uh, I'm pretty good about not getting caught with my drugs. Yeah, I don't even I don't like cocaine. So good. yeah, I think that's not me. No, nope, me neither. I've never. I don't even think I've gotten. I think any pot charge I've ever had, I've had put you know demoted to something. Like I got popped in St. Louis. I got it whittled down to littering, which I don't know how he did that. But did you toss it and try to? No, I was <laughs> not a, mine. I was in a hotel room. Oh, I didn't toss anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that, so yeah, no, that's not me. I, I was starting to get scared there for a second. I was like, <laughs> I was like do I have warrants? Fuck. How did he find this? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. So yeah, that's the thing about being Chris Porter is it's a fairly common name and a couple of us have done shit. Uh, so yeah, so there's this Chris, this Chris Porter's black, I believe. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He you played, are not black. Confirm that. I am not black. Okay. Most of all the family stuff I've looked up, I uh, I'm as Caucasian as they come. Okay, you not didn't catch anything. Okay. Yeah, okay. there's there might be a bit of Native American in my blood, but nothing urban. <laughs> You're also not the Chris Porter that had two goals and six assists last year for the Blues. St. No, Louis I'm Blues. not. I'm not. I only had one goal and three assists for the Maple Leafs. Oh, okay. So, right. but I went under a different name for that. That was just kind of a fantasy thing. I was like, let's see what I can do. You know, I'd actually heard of the basketball player. I wasn't familiar with the uh, hockey guy. And I, I love hockey. Yeah. Well, I don't. And uh, I, yeah, someone told, you know, it's very weird to, to look your name up. There's also, well, I mean, I'm sure we're getting to the other one. Oh, I didn't even do that one. Oh, uh, well, so there, go is, ahead. there is a gay porn star. Oh, named I didn't Chris even see Porter. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I was looking at work. Maybe my computer blocks of, that up. Kind of been the bane <laughs> of my existence. About five years ago, a buddy of mine is like, hey, have you Googled yourself lately? And I'm like, no, I haven't, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I'm tired of me. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I think you should. And. Sure enough, you know, the basketball player and the hockey player pops up, but then, yeah, there's a gay porn star named Chris Porter. And it's not even like wholesome two guys that love each other gay porn. It's oh. pretty dark stuff. And I haven't, seen, actually, I haven't seen no. any of it, but I watched an interview with him. <laughs> I watched four seconds of it because this is how the interview started. Uh-huh. Chris Porter, you just got done filming Piss Boy 3. How do you feel? And I was like, I don't want to watch any more of this because I don't want to hear how I feel about getting peed on by some strange dude. Why and, are you not playing that at an intro to clubs? Are you uh, kidding me? Well, I talk about it on stage a little bit. Oh, you do? I do. Yeah, I mean, well, I did on the last record and I still talk about it. I mean, eventually it'll get phased out. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting problem to have. It's not something that everyone has to deal with. I mean, I doubt there's, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm sure there's a couple of girls, you know, I'm sure there's a girl named Tara Patrick or whoever. I don't know porn star names. Yeah, yeah. But, Tara Patrick, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there is a legitimate Tara Patrick yeah. that has to deal with that. Or It's like a school principal or something. Yeah, or a legitimate Jenna Jameson yeah. that's like maybe an accountant <laughs> and fat and heinous. You know, and everyone's... That's her Twitter handle, legitimate Jenna Jameson. <laughs> yeah, fat Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> heinous <laughs> fucking jenna heinison uh so yeah um so i'm sure there are people that have to deal with it but it's it's an odd issue to, i mean especially you know i'm all for whatever you want to do in the bedroom yeah uh but when it gets into the peeing on each other and things i don't think you need a camera for that no i i certainly don't need to watch it no like i don't get people like there's <laughs> There's definitely fetish videos of girls peeing and stuff like that, and that's just never something I've ever been into. I never ever. actually watched that two girls, one cup past the, like, about four or five seconds. Yeah, yeah, line. you get it. I was like, no, nope, no, nope, done, done, yeah. done, I got it. Yeah, I don't need to see what else happens. Nope, nope. But, uh, but, so, but that's us. We're adults, but there are people that are like, no, I want to see, I want to see where the deep end is. Someone actually sent me a video. Remember when, uh, remember when the internet was new and we all had email and everybody, oh yeah, everyone had a hotmail account. Everyone had a hotmail and your hotmail would be full with, you know, check out this video, you know, like you, people would always send, you know, horrible jokes and bad, dumb videos. In the years of America online. Yes. Yes. Well, I actually got one of those emails the other day from a good friend of mine, like, Dude, don't, aren't you? I, th- I thought you were better than that, man. Haven't we moved on like five, yeah. six, seven years ago? Anyway, I uh, I refused to watch it because the description said uh, the popping of the largest pimple ever. Oh yeah, yeah. No one needs. To, why would you send that? No, you send that to people you don't like. Yeah, I kind of feel like you don't know me. I guess as well as I yeah, thought you no, did. No, I I don't <laughs> like things that are might make me vomit, yeah. like stuff like that. Uh-uh. Uh, people pooping off a skateboard. I don't need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's that's kind of like why i like uh the ridiculousness a little more than the tosh point oh i love daniel i think he's super funny yeah and i think the jokes on that show are better but i can't watch people throw up and poop and yeah all that. you're right there's a little bit more of that there's a lot more of that yeah, yeah. and i just can't i mean there's a lot of people that are way into that i think it's hilarious <laughs> but those people i guess haven't thrown up as much as i have <laughs> Like that's the most awful feeling in the they world. They didn't drink as much Captain Morgan as I did in college. Oh god damn it. <laughs> How that stuff is the wor- I mean it's so good and then you wake up the night. I've never felt worse than after too much Captain Morgan. No, I yeah, I'm not kidding. I mean that, yeah. yeah what you just said, it's it totally is, true. I've laid on I can specific the Chase Suites Hotel in Tampa, Florida. <laughs> Just on the ground praying for death. Yeah, because it's because it's all that sugar, and then it all goes away, and your body's oh. just com- in complete sugar desert, and you just oh, it's yeah, the worst. Pretty much the worst, like after like hangover morning. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Of my life. Other, I mean, I think you know probably heroin withdrawal <laughs> is like the only thing I could only imagine. Because it's, I think, but I think that's definitely. I'm not saying we know what it's like, but no. I think we have the idea. Mm-hmm. Of I'd like what, to think so. Of what it's like to not have heroin all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we were just talking some sports. Uh, I'm looking at you're six five. Is that yes, right? yes, that's true. 
How was your sports career? Um, brilliant. No, <laughs> I, uh, I was lucky enough to go to a small enough high school. They didn't really have a cut program, so I got to me play, too. Yeah, so I got to play football, and you know, I started my junior year and had fun, and then I got hurt during the summer of my senior year and was disqualified from a lot of things. Okay, uh, I got hit in the head with a golf ball. No shit, and had to have brain surgery. Man. Really? Yeah, that's absolutely true, and that that kind of fucked up my whole life path. It's hilarious. Because I was in taught, like I have, and I still have my letters of recommendation. I was trying to get into the Naval ROTC and possibly go to the Naval Academy. Yeah. I, my grades weren't quite good enough, but I had some recommendations. It was a long shot, but yeah, went to play golf with my mom during the summer and uh, dude bounced one off my forehead. And had to, you know, spent two days in intensive care and two days in the hospital. And Holy shit. They came out and they were like, well, you can't go into the Navy and you can't play football. Uh, have fun your senior year. Oh, my God. And so I showed up to senior year with 86 stitches in my face. Whoa. And I was the only kid in high school that could wear a hat. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> That was yeah. the one of the dreams to be able to wear a hat. To it school. Was, I mean, now it's like just common, but back in the day, we had you know it was respect for the building. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We couldn't wear shorts at one point. I remember in high school, oh, or wow. in grade you, school, at a public school. Oh wow, no, that we weren't quite there, but yeah, it was no hats in the building. I found myself a career, uh, you know, in radio, my you know my full time job, yeah, where I can wear a hat every day. That's great. So, but I didn't have to take eighty six stitches in my head. No, it Holy was... Holy shit, man. But you know what? Worth it. <laughs> you know, got to wear a hat instead. Uh, yeah, and well, it really kind of put me on my path to be a comic. So I kind of feel like it was the cosmos's way of slapping me across the face and saying, hey. And, and you know, it obviously worked out. This, this life's a lot... Of, I mean, if I, had I stayed on the path, I think I would have graduated college... Uh, four months before nine eleven. Yeah, so I would have just gone straight to war. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would have done. I mean, I, you know, I would have been in the navy. I would have yeah. been out in the ocean, just watching it all yeah. go down. But still, holy shit! Uh, Think about it like that, and it's yeah, it's crazy. It's makes it's, it pretty real. Wow. So yeah, that'll that'll solidify your faith in a higher power. I mean, I don't want to say God, but I definitely feel like there's a cosmic thing happening. Some sort of destiny? Yeah. Or maybe not destiny, but a force outside of ourselves. Okay. And so, you know, that you know, it's such a weird thing to happen that completely changed the scope of my life and sent me on a path that... Yeah. You know, when you grow up in Kansas, becoming a comic's like becoming a NASCAR driver. Like, how do you start that? Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you even begin that path? Yeah. <laughs> and so... uh yeah, it was just this weird, fortuitous series of events that hurt a lot. Yeah, you don't fill out a, a job application to be no. a comic or a NASCAR driver. No, you have driver. to be rejected for a lot of job applications <laughs> right. before you start. And uh, uh, did you? Where is that golf ball now? Did you get to keep it? I no, I don't. I remember. I, I remember my mom yelling at that dude like I never like she went completely primal like she was like a gorilla. So you were conscious. Uh, yeah, not for a, for like a few seconds. I was out. No one saw. I mean, my mom didn't know because she was on the other side of the hole oh, or oh. course or that. Sure. 
other side of the hole sounds gross, but that's what it, that's indeed <laughs> what talking it was. about your mom. Come on, yeah, and uh, so she comes around, and there you are, ar- laid out. Uh, you know, I, she was like, "What's wrong?" And I was like, "I got hit," and she was, didn't really get it. And then the dude comes around looking for his ball, and I was like, "I got hit in the head." And you know, that's a. Re- I mean, to hit into people as a, in any golf situations very mean and rude yeah yeah and so but i was 17 and bulletproof and invisible so i was like i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine right, and then right. seven holes later i'm just i can't see straight and wow so then i decided it would be a good idea to take a nap oh right so yeah because when you have a massive head trauma <laughs> right sleep it off yeah yeah and luckily, my mom was smarter than I was, and she's like, "We should take you to the hospital." And that's when they're like, "You're gonna die if you don't do this." Holy shit! Yeah, cause, well, they didn't exactly. What happened was they came in and they're like, we, "You got to have this surgery," and if you don't, they're like, "But if you have the surgery, you can't play football." And we we're like, "We're two weeks outside of, before two days." Mm-hmm. Like it's all that I'm thinking about. Yeah, yeah. And I was so in my delirium. Well, they didn't really explain it to me well enough. I was like, well, then we'll just wait till after the season. <laughs> and then I'll have the surgery then. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. And, uh, if you don't have this surgery, you won't be here tomorrow. Yeah. And again, in my delirium, I was like, I know I won't be here tomorrow. Why would I stay here if I'm not going to have surgery? <laughs> and the doctor's like, you will be dead. Your The blood will suffocate your brain oh. and you will die. And then, I, and then, of course, I'm like, well, then why did you even give me the choice? Yeah. Why you just fucking? Wheel, I got insurance. Wheel me in there. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so yeah. And you know it was a bigger deal to everybody else. Like I was so out of it. I just went to sleep and woke up, and I was outside right. of surgery. And you yeah. know, next thing you know, my entire family's sitting outside my hotel room or hospital room. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, they cried a bunch. I didn't really. Yeah, you know, I guess it was fairly life threatening. I don't know. It's got to be. Yeah, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah. They had to cut you pretty wide open. Yeah, they actually... And this was the best part. This was right when, like, cable was starting to become huge and, like, not a luxury. Like, everyone was starting to have it. Yeah, yeah. My buddy walks in. He's like, I just saw that what they did to you at, on cable. It was awesome. And he's like, they cut your they cut your head and they pulled your face down. And I was like, get the fuck out. Oh, he was watching some surgery some show. Some surgery that was <laughs> – and they were doing pretty much what they were doing to me. Oh, what an asshole. And he was – well, he was way into that shit and was just like, I saw what they did. It was crazy. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And so uh, – oh, Face off. Face – yeah, it's pretty much what it was. And – you know, they drill a giant hole in your skull, and you used to look like Nicolas Cage. Is that for true? For a brief second, I had the Nick Cage thing going, <laughs> which was better than the John Travolta thing. No, I feel like. <laughs> Holy shit! So what? Uh, so how did? Okay, well, how did then? Uh, from senior year of no sports, what would you do then? You I, didn't do it. You didn't join the Navy. Didn't join the Navy. Well, you know, it was. I just recovered. Like you know, that's a pretty. I was on some pretty serious drugs for a while. I bet. And then, you know, I had to struggle with being 18 and all of a sudden not having a life path. Like, I'd I'd had this plan for years. I mean, it was all set. Like, the next 10 years were kind of planned for me. Yeah. You know, go go to college, go into the Navy, finish the Navy be set like that was kind of the deal and um when all that went away it was hard it was like well fuck what now and 
you know, went to college, hated it immediately. You know, there's, I just didn't like it. I was away, for, uh, you know, it was my first time away, and I thought it was going to be great. And it Where'd was. you go? KU. Yeah. Beautiful campus, beautiful school. I made the mistake of staying in an apartment. First year. My first year, thinking that we'd be the cool guys. But we were also two really introverted dudes. So it was like, you know, you don't meet anyone. Oh, yeah. We would go to bars and get wasted in the corner and, and wonder why no one was talking to us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they thought you were locals. <laughs> yeah. They were just like, what is with these kids? And so, yeah, I didn't really dig it. And then. Did you finish? No. 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 Uh, you know, left KU, start, and then, like, during that summer, started doing comedy. Okay. And, you know, fell in love with that and just said, I'm going to move back to, and move back to Kansas City from Lawrence. And I just liked the city better. I, I didn't like Lawrence. Yeah. This the small town kind of thing. I, I really dug. And my parents had moved from where they were to, like, deeper into the city, which was cool for me. Yeah, yeah. And so I just... I got out and started doing comedy and going to JUCO and half-assing that. Yeah. And then eventually I started doing, like, comedy was going a lot better than college was. So I left. And mom and dad cried. They cried until I was on TV. And then they were like, oh, you're doing okay. You moved to what, L.A.? Or? I moved to L.A. And eight years later and uh, got lucky enough to... Move out, and then six months later, get on Last Comic Standing. It was that quick, huh? It was that yeah. quick. I mean, I yeah. saw you. I I watched. I think I probably saw every episode that season. So that's how I found. It was just for two. I mean, it wasn't planned that way. I just moved out there. God, you were on there a lot, man. On that yeah. last comic, yeah, like was, in the pr- the promos on like the commercials and everything. Yeah, man. it was trippy. It's you were trippy a lot. to go from you know just the middle act, and then all of a sudden, I remember it was during uh, that uh, Deal or No Deal. And, oh, yeah. I, and I was out in L.A., and I start getting texts like, just, what the fuck, just saw you on TV, what's going on? Because I didn't tell, you can't tell anybody. Right. And uh, and then, yeah, so, like, you knew it was going to be on two hours later. So during, you know, I, for the, I think the only episode I've ever seen of Deal or No Deal, <laughs> I watched it. And then, you know, my when the commercial came on, I was the first guy up. And it's super weird to just be watching TV and all of a sudden you're like, right. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah. And um, and, then it, and then it just got really fucking weird after that. Yeah. I mean, the more I was on it and the the more the more popular it got, the, it just walking down Sunset Boulevard and having some dude yell out, Willy Walker. <laughs> That's right. You know, That's it's right. crazy. Wow. And, uh, you know, not. I used to be able to trip mushrooms and go to bars and stuff and not be bothered. <laughs> and uh, fucking success. I remember it was like a week after the sh- show ended. Yeah, and flew back to Kansas City. I just wanted to chill out. It was really intense, and got a room at this hotel and a bunch of mushrooms. And me and my buddy started eating, or all of my buddies started eating them. And then they're like, "Let's go to the bars." And I'm like, "That's a terrible idea." <laughs> I'm like, no, it'll be fine. Everyone will be wasted. They won't know. And I'm like, it's 7 o'clock in, in the evening. Everyone's not wasted. Yeah. Everyone just got off work. Yeah. So they talk me into it. We go there. And I'm full bore tripping. 
and I can hear people just like, I think that's him. That's him. Why is he here? Oh, no. he, he's from here. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, no. And I look at my buddies like, uh, I got to get out of here. I can't. I go, it's just a matter of time before someone comes up and starts talking to me. Yeah. And while you guys understand that I'm fucking out of my mind right now, I can't explain that to some stranger. No. Uh-uh. And they're like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And, I, and finally, it's just too much. I'm like, I'm going back to the room. You guys can hang here. I'm out. Yeah. And about that time, I turn around, and sure enough, some dude walks up. He's like, I just want to say how proud we are of you. Oh. Blah, blah, blah. And I just went, thank you, and ran. <laughs> I mean, ran out of the bar. Oh, and no. my buddy, who I've known since I was 12, saw me and just didn't finish this sentence he was saying and followed me. Okay. Just took off running. Yeah. We ran pretty much all the way back to the hotel, <laughs> and we just chilled there forever. And I, yeah. was, I was like, "That we'll never do that again. Never again. So, yeah. See, so, you know, so it's weird. I mean, especially for a guy who likes to get really fucked up and go to on other substances and go to bars and yeah. observe. Mm-hmm. It's hard. You know, that was a, definitely a weird transition to, you know, be the guy that everyone's like, oh, that's that guy. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, if anyone, if, so if that guy's listening, sorry, I freaked the fuck out, but, uh, I was, I was my, high, man. I was on mushrooms. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> was that the first time your parents saw you on TV? Yeah. Well, that was the first time I was on TV. Anywhere. Anyway. I mean, other than like, I think lo- locally they did a show in Kansas city called Cowtown something. And, uh, you know, I was on that, but it was on like the. Not like the local access, but like the CW station or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't even think I ever saw it. To be absolutely honest with you, um, I remember filming it, and there was like a live band and stuff. But uh, that was, yeah, that was the first time I was on national television. Yeah. So I remember even my dad being like, "That was weird. That was weird <laughs> just to see you on television." What's your dad do? At the time, he was an executive for Fuji Film Processing. Which is kind of like being a vice president for the TDK tape company. Like it's just the you know all all things that have gone by the way. Ways you know when you're in a technology that's been basically digital photography went from it's never going to be as good to holy shit it's way better yeah. in like four years. Uh-huh. And holy shit! I can't afford that. To oh my god, it's there's oh, a it's phone super on everything, easy and I, yeah. I don't have to wait four days there, for it to get processed. There, there's a camera stuff. and everything. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, and you know, just like in any technology business, you you it's going to go away, and Fuji and Kodak and all those companies went away. Yeah. So you know, they let him go and they paid him for a year, and then he now he's. Uh, running a church oh wow he's, he's an administrator for the local church and the benefactors of the church came to him and was like you're good at turning you know because even when dad got fired he had one of the few regions that was still turning a profit oh yeah so they're like obviously you're good at turning terrible companies around can you do <laughs> it with our catholic church and you know he's doing his best and it's it's a different environment for him and but yeah he's always been a a runner of companies oh wow did you always have uh unlimited film at home i did and as a matter of fact when i worked i started working at best buy when i was 17 i never had to pay for film and i remember one of my first days working in the film department or the video like tvs but we also had cameras yeah yeah 
<laughs> showing someone, I was like, well, here's where our fill was. Holy shit, it's seven dollars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And they're just like, well, I was like, my dad works for Fuji. I've never paid for this shit in my life. We got a fridge full of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was it. Was weird to like look at, you know, wow, you guys, man, taking pictures is super expensive, right? And you know, for us, we're oh, more film, just take it. Yeah, yeah, that's yours. Whatever. You need film? Yeah, come on over. We, we no plenty. shit, man. Like now, like you know, you don't think twice about taking a. You know, I have two kids. Yeah, I don't have. You know, snap a billion pictures. So what if you know they don't turn out? And you can see them. And you can like, see you them. Know they didn't oh, turn out man. with with the old cameras. You were just like, click. Well, hope that worked. I remember going to the, being in the car and going to the photo mat. Yeah, dropping it off the little booth. Getting it back and realize your drunk dad put his thumb over most of the pictures and just being like, son of a bitch. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea how much film. Pro- like, I would funny. get, like, the matte finish and all, like, all the expensive shit and just be like, had no idea. No idea how much, you know, I was saving. It was just send it to work and it was hilarious. That's funny. Uh, do you, uh, going back to your golf ball to the head, do you golf? Yeah, still yeah, golf. Yeah, uh, it's a great. I mean, especially living in California, it's the greatest sport ever. You can go out there; they give you a little car. Yeah, you can smoke weed. Yeah, get wasted. Mm-hmm. And most comics out there play, and it's not. I mean, we don't network because we're comics. We're just sucking at the teat. I mean, we right. can only help each other out so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's all, and it's also a great way to find out if you like somebody. Like, if you just meet somebody and you're like, we might hang out, you know, get a little bromance on. Yeah, yeah. Go to the, you go to the golf course. If I could spend four hours hanging out with you, we're probably going to hang out. Oh, that's a good know? point. But there's definitely been times I've gotten on the golf course and I'm just, I, I, we're not good. Well, this is it. This one. I'm quitting after nine. This is our, free, yeah, I, I just got a meeting. <laughs> oh, got to go. Oh, man. I need open heart surgery right now. <laughs> My pager just went off. Yeah. I gotta go. My buddy still has a pager. No. I called his cell. He's a cop. And I called him the other day, and I got his voicemail. He's like, if you need to get a hold of me, try my pager. And I'm like, what? 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 Who still does that? I mean, who still operate? Like, who has a pager service is what I want to know. And what would they charge for that these days? Yeah, it's got to be thrown in. It's like, do you have a milkman, too? What the fuck is wrong with you with a pager? And you're a cop. You're not a doctor. Yeah, no kidding. You know? Whatever. It's a fucking problem. How is a phone not a pager? They call you, and then you look at it. You say, oh, I need to call them back at that number. Yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? I think you know, you I had a pager, and I'm embarrassed to even say that. I had one, like, when I was 18. Oh, we all did. Yeah. We all put the clip on the outside so, stupid. so it looked like we had a pager. So stupid. Remember the flex? I remember trying to explain it to my parents, like, so you're selling drugs? Like, I know I'm not... I, yeah. I don't know where everyone's got one. I, my dad would page me at school. <laughs> He'd just be... Remember when the alphanumerics came out, and they could send you, like, a full-on message? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My dad loved the shit out of that. <laughs> Yeah, go oh. to the office. Call me. Oh <laughs> right. man! And I'd have to go upstairs. Like I need to call my dad. Why? He told me to. How did he do that? Because you weren't supposed to have pagers. I'd just be like, Ah, the force. <laughs> he told me via the force. It's our daily call. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know my true. It's Porter, but it used to be Vader. <laughs> so sorry. 
Uh, I saw something online. Do you? Are you still in a band? Yes, I'm still doing still, music. We still do cover bands. I am a cover band. How often do you do that? Um, about every week I'm in town. Yeah, yeah. They they have a you know. Are you replaced when you're not there? Sometimes, sometimes I have a. They have a backup singer. Yeah. For me, although he's kind of bowed out, I think. Um, so you sing? I sing and I play guitar. I play the rhythm. Yeah. And uh, it's fun. It, it's uh, we play like old Almond Brothers and Rolling Stones and like that. Yeah. Genre of music, Joe Cocker. And uh, it's fun. We go and we play these gigs for 22 to 25-year-old rich Santa Monica people. <laughs> Is that good? And they love the shit out of it. Yeah. Because they just... You know, we really try to play songs you forgot you loved. It's kind of the mantra. I like that. Like, we don't... Like, we play Zeppelin, but we're not playing a whole lot of love or anything. We'll play, like, Ramble On and oh, yeah. Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? and mm-hmm. You know, when we played The Stones, we play You Can't Always Get What You Want. Stuff like, and that's a song that everyone knows. Oh, yeah. Like, I, like you don't think that 22-year-olds are going to know that song. And then as soon as I start the little acoustic guitar riff, which yeah, yeah. is just two chords. There's no real, like, uh, like really notice, like, a riff that you're like, oh, that's it. Right. It's not but, the one really memorable ones. Yeah, but as soon as I start it, they're like, I know exactly what song that is. And as soon as I start singing it, it's like a full-on sing-along. And same thing with, uh, we'll do Joe Cocker's version of You Can't Always, or uh, with a little help from my friends. Oh, I love that. And they will they just lose their minds. They'll start putting their arms around people and, and doing the whole sway thing. And it's great. I mean, it's a great outlet. Uh, do you finish with that song? Yeah, we do end yeah, with that song. Of course. You have to. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. How are you supposed to follow that? Uh-uh. We might end a set with it if we think everyone's going to leave, like in the middle of the night, yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we try to have everyone there when we're doing oh, it. Oh yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, it's it's a great outlet. It's a it's really given me perspective with the whole comedy thing, and uh, you know, it's good to have another outlet emotionally like that's what comics really i think love about what we do is it for an hour a day you're basically at the therapist Mm -hmm. and and so to be able to but then it becomes more of a job i mean like any no matter how much you love your job when you're doing it every day it becomes a job a job that you love and then you know with the music it really allowed me to be like oh i can I can do. I can have this outlet and not have to fly to Evansville, Indiana, or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of gave me that thing where, like, okay, well, maybe I could get a job in L.A. and live a normal life and do this music thing on the side. Yeah. It's like a soft, you know, because I really equate it to like it's like my softball team. Mm-hmm. Like it's just something fun, recreational to do. Although you get laid a lot more playing music than you do playing softball. <laughs> 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 I, 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 yeah, I'm not. I play you, softball. I'm not saying you can't get laid playing softball. I've seen it happen. It's almost happened with me, but it it happens a lot more when you have a guitar and sing. Yeah, I I, I imagine I'd have a hard time. Except I bring my girlfriend with to the games. So well, then it's easier to get laid. A lot I would think. Yeah, yeah, you're just like, yeah. did you see me slide in the third? I got Put called out. out uh, I struck out this year in softball. It on happens. A, on a, I watched one. Oh, that's the worst. It is the worst. Like, really? Because everybody's like, just win the fucking bat, man. Yeah, well, eat one, asshole. Yeah. It was uh, not a, It was not a strike. 
I stand by that. It was not a strike. Even close. <laughs> even close. They they don't have the little apron that they put down behind the plate. The little apron. Oh, in L.A. Oh, where it lands in it or something. Yeah, they they put like a they have a, like a rubber apron they put behind the plate. If it lands on that, it's a strike. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And then you just oh, and, okay. and then you can just be like, well, you can see where the mark is. <laughs> And and I've had a guy call me out, and I'm like, "What?" And he like points at the mark, and of course, it's half of it's on the apron. You're like, "Son of a bitch!" Like, come this on. This is why baseball will always be better than softball because there are no aprons in baseball. Yeah, absolutely, well, few sports should have an apron. I think really NASCAR has an apron of some sort. Probably, yeah. To put on, the, I don't know. I don't watch that thing. I don't either. I don't either. Do you bring your guitar on the road? No. No. No, I mean, I wish I would have. Like, these longer gigs, you kind of wish you would have. But uh, it's hard on the guitar, the flying. Yeah. The pressure changes and the temperature changes. And I've just, you know, I used to, but there were too many weeks where it would just sit in the corner and I wouldn't get to it. And, yeah, I just cared too much about it. How do you my... usually pass your time when you're in uh, towns? Like, uh, how many times you, well, for, before you answer that, how many times have you been to Acme now? This was four. Four? Four. Okay. Yeah, start, always headlining? Always headlining. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I, yeah, I've never, I might have done a guest spot here, but I don't think I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, always headlining. Four times and you, and you were on stage last night. I was on stage last That was great. The winner, the, you know, they had the big contest. Yeah, and the man. I had my freaking, uh, had my last fantasy football draft last night. How many fantasy football Just drafts? two. Just Only two. two. Oh, okay. So no, I, I don't get carried away like some guys. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, I did like three or four a couple times and that's, I can't oh, do that. Drives is insane, yeah. I would think. Yeah, I don't get it. It's too much. But, uh, so I had one last night that I couldn't. It's the one where we actually get together with the guys. Oh, yeah. And, you know, have a few beers and, uh, it's like, He's got the big, you know, table full of food. Oh, very nice. So yeah, I really wanted to be one. here for that. I was going to help judge, and it was so. a great, you know, great judge. You know, I, I enjoyed hanging out. The judges were a lot of fun. Uh, I like judging. Yeah, I'm really good at no, it. No, I've done it here for the last couple, several years. I think it's fun. I, I judge everyone, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's everyone you see everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, really, I was in my comfort zone. And do you remember the winner's name? Ollie. Something. Ollie something. Congrats, Ollie. Yeah, I could look up on the tweets and look it up. but uh, And it was tight. It was him and this chick, Edith, were kind of the top two. And Ollie just had a little better stage presence. Yeah. It was really what it came down to. And uh, But all of them were great. You know, a couple of them were obviously intimidated by the situation. I'm sure. Uh, but the crowd was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then... I don't know the feature act's name, but he's super funny. Is it Brian Miller this week? Is that who it is? Yeah. 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 He's great. Super funny. Yeah. He's been on this podcast. He's actually, he filled it and hosted for me in this podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, he's a very funny guy. Yeah, great guy. Really strong material. Yep. And uh, enjoyed watching the whole thing. So it was fun. But this club's always great. I mean, yeah. it's one of. The, I'm not just saying it because I'm on the podcast, but it really is one of the greatest clubs in the country. Oh no, I I uh, I've over, I've heard comics say that on podcasts that aren't based in Minnesota. Yeah, and it's and how it, much they like Acme. And so. great clubs cultivate great scenes. I mean, there's some great comics that come out of here. Oh, for sure. And not only that, but then you have stand up records with Dan, and mm-hmm. it's just a very 
promising scene up here in Minneapolis. So, which is great. It's fun to be able to come in and then go to Grumpy's and hang out with a whole local scene because yeah. that just doesn't happen just everywhere. I mean, some places have a scene, but it's nothing like here. So, sounds like you do know your way around downtown a little bit here. I've been around. I've been around. Uh, you know, luckily I have friends like Dan who drive me around and show me to do stuff. Oh, okay. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, right so. on. I just remembered you, and then you have some sort of connection to the Gopher football team? I did. I did. did. My, Not anymore. No, my cousin Max Shortell played with them last year oh, and the year that's before. that's it was. And then they kind of fucked him over, so he transferred to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State. Is yeah. he playing there this year? He's playing. As a matter of fact, he got Ohio Valley Conference Newcomer of the Week. Really? This week. Yeah, he went. 10 for 13 for 23 with a couple of touchdowns and brought him back to win the game and stuff. So. Holy shit. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a shame that it didn't work out in Minnesota. Like he really loved it here. And did you see him play as a golfer? I did see I live. Yeah, I did actually. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched him. His big game was his first game when he almost brought him back to beat USC and in 11 in 2011. Oh yeah. And then, um, you know, was always kind of bad. You know, they could never decide what kind of offense they were going to run. They had Marquise, who was kind of this Michael Vick-esque guy. Yeah. And then Max is just a big, tall, cannon-armed ginger <laughs> who's a drop. You know, so you're either going to play regular football or you're going to play this new football. Yeah, yeah. And they, they just couldn't figure it out. And then they ended up. They took a red shirt off a kid that because uh, they needed him, but they had promised his dad that if they took his red shirt off, that he would start. Oh boy! And so and so Max was like, "Well, that's good for you guys. I'm out." Yeah. And so did just that, and you know I think it's going to be good for him. Yeah. I think he's gonna he's gonna shine in D two, and you know hopefully get picked up. I mean, look at Jerry Rice. That dude played for Appalachian State. You, uh, and yeah, I mean you know. The Gophers, yeah, and they, you know <laughs> it is the Gophers, but it is the go. And I think you guys have a, you know, I think you guys have a chance to rebuild your team. We'll see. The, uh, the guy, the Marquise Gray, you're referring to, I just he, I think just signed with like the practice squad of uh, the Cleveland Browns or something. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, you know, as a you, tight end. Yeah, you have to be really good at, to be that kind of quarterback, and even the really good ones like the Michael Vicks or the uh, other ones. Um, <laughs> You know, it's iffy. It's iffy at best. Yeah. Do you do fantasy football? I do not. No. And it's only because I have enough. I I have enough reasons to get angry at the television. <laughs> I don't need. An- <laughs> and you know what? You don't I, need money involved. I would be way into it. It comes down to usually the draft day is the last day that I need the draft day to be on. Yeah. And the you know they would call like drafts today, and I'm just like I'm out. Because it's my only day in town, and the last thing I want to do is sit at your smelly-ass party. Because none of my friends can afford the meals. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, you just show up, and it's just some weed and a couple of shitty beers and yeah. four hours of that. And I'm just like, I can't I can't deal with that. It was pretty nice. My buddy even has a new house this year. So he's oh, hosting yeah. at his new house. So you're like you're like doing the league-esque like sort fantasy of. football, like rich guy leagues. Well... At least I a don't couple know about of rich that, guys. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, successful guys. Yes. People so, with jobs. Yeah. I don't see I don't have that as much. <laughs> I have a lot of struggling comics. I still have those friends. They just I just don't play fantasy football with them. <laughs> yeah, those are the only ones that are asking me to do it. All my producer friends are like, "No, you can't afford our league." And I'm like, "You're probably right." <laughs> um so in California, I assume you have your 
card to go into the store? The I do. Dispensaries. And I whatnot? do have my medical marijuana card. Yes. It's uh, and I just got it renewed. As a matter of fact, once a year. Once a year, you have to have it renewed. Fee? There's a fee involved. Uh, yeah, about thirty-five, forty dollars. So barely worth it. <laughs> well, and it's gone. You know, I remember the first time I got a card, it was 150 bucks, and you went to like a legitimate doctor's office. And now it's like you go into a strip mall and pay $45 and yeah. it's done. And luckily, I've been going to the same strip mall for a few years now. So it's pretty comfortable. It's mm-hmm. pretty casual the whole thing. I walk in and he's like, Is it still working? I'm like, Yes. And he's like, Try yoga. And he signs it. <laughs> You know. Oh, is yoga a strain of pot that I haven't heard of? <laughs> no, they just have to, you know, I think they need to suggest other, fo- you know, they don't want to just have you smoking weed all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, th- you know, that's about to go away. The only, You know, California almost legalized it, and then the feds came in with the big scare campaign. Mm-hmm. And, you know, basically said, if you guys legalize it, we're going to come in there all the time. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it lost by 8% because of that. And then now that Washington and Colorado have done it, and nothing's happening, and the government's saying we're going to leave you alone. You know, I think it's. I think they're going to start going down like dominoes, you know? closing down the shops. No, just no, they'll, it'll start becoming legal. Yeah, it'll just oh. it'll be like full on. You won't need a doctor's Nothing. thing. And, think so? Yeah, I mean, it's just. I know it's going to be just a matter of time for the West Coast and and probably Minnesota and the more progressive states, but of course. You know, my home state of Kansas and all. And How are the laws there? Pretty strict. Yeah. Um, you don't want to get busted with it, that's for sure. I mean, it's not like Arizona where you're immediately going to go to jail or some shit. But, uh, do you tour Arizona? Well, I do. Yeah. I do uh, once a year. <laughs> and it's uh, it's a scary weekend. <laughs> um, which is weird because Arizona, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to find whatever you want. It's uh-huh. just you don't want to get caught with it. Yeah. And and that that just comes back to old people. I mean, it's old people and young people in Phoenix. So, yeah. and the old people vote, and the young people don't. Do you uh, um, do you do the delivery thing where they come right to your house? No, no, I don't need anyone to know where I live. <laughs> you know, and there's been a couple of guys that have, you know, because you do like pot shows and stuff like that, and you definitely have people come up to you and like, we'll bring it to your place. And no, I'm good. No. I mean, I. You know, pot already makes me not leave the apartment a lot. I don't need it to just show up. Because <laughs> they also have, uh, like, 14 delivery grocery grocery delivery companies in L.A. So, like, you could really just not leave your house if you wanted to. Uh-huh. You could just have everything brought to you. Yeah. And I don't need that. Because if I got stuck in that lifestyle, I'd, I would become diabetic and, like, 400 pounds. <laughs> And I, I just don't, I don't, don't want that. No one should dare you to do that. No, no, don't dare me, because I'll do it. <laughs> Especially now that everything's on demand and everything. Like, you don't even have to leave your house to buy video games anymore. Oh, hell, I no, no shit. You just have to wait a week. Yeah, isn't and, that good? Oh, God. It's amazing. Yeah. To be a kid now. Oh, it, go fuck yourself, kids. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, not only with the video games and all that stuff, but the, the wireless internet. And the incredibly fast, you know, I mean, when we were kids and we wanted to watch pornography, it took us 15 minutes to down a JPEG, to download a GIF that was just a chignate, it was just a still just picture. Just a still picture. Or maybe you might get the, like, eight-frame loop of, like, a girl with a Coke bottle in her V's <laughs> or some shit. 
Yes. Remember that? I do. And it was just it was just eight frames in a loop, and it was like just a terrible. It was basically a digital version of the vaudeville flip books. Is all it was. It was yeah. Stop, stop animation or whatever. Absolutely. And it would take all day to download that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now, and you'd have to be plugged into a phone line. Your mom would be like, "Hang up the phone," or you know, "Get off the internet." I got to call somebody. Or I'm expecting a call. Or God forbid, call waiting beeped in. And you're just like, no, no, I just I want to see Dan Star seventy, <laughs> son of a bitch. I was almost getting nip. Yeah, just I was almost there. And uh, you know, bulletin boards and America Online, and and now they're just like, I have literally any fetish at my fingertips, mm-hmm. and I can bring the TV into the garage and still watch cable. Yeah. I'm just like, you don't... First off, I remember watching my dad and four of his friends carry our first big screen down the stairs, and the thing weighed like 4,000 pounds, had like two giant-ass mirrors in it, was made of Mm -hmm. oak, Mm -hmm. and just watching four men... Just like, you know, it was like, like, like you kind of got the idea of what it was like to build the pyramids for a second, like that one giant rock. And now it's like, I bought a 55 inch television and the thing, like I just picked it up yeah, yeah. and set it there. Mm-hmm. And it was or, it's ridiculous. And then I moved my next, like the guy showed up to move the TV I had and he was like, oh, and I was like, no, the thing weighs like a hundred pounds. It's super light. And yeah. it's like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, they, they have no idea. And then they're just telling me how fucking shitty their life is. I want to kick them in the balls. <laughs> I bought my uh, daughter. <clears throat> well, both of them have uh, bikes that I bought, like, at a, one at a garage sale, another at a thrift store. Yeah. I think total I spent $9 on two bikes. Nice. They're little girls. You know I mean? This... Yeah. I think it's totally reasonable to do that. and uh, But the one bike had some really shitty tires. Like, whoever owned it previously wore the crap out of it. Yeah. Uh, so I went and uh, I bought some brand new ones. So now I've put $30 into a $4 bike. <laughs> and my daughter, uh, I was she was over yesterday. And I was like, sweetie, I'm like, hey, I told you. I'm like, let's go out in the back. You can see the new tires I put on your bike. She walks out and goes, I don't like white. Oh. <laughs> the tires are white or the bike's white? The tires are white. She didn't like her bu- tires because they're white. These I was so proud of myself yeah, for yeah. going out to buy these new, you know, or now they're not worn out anymore. Yeah. And she just makes like, the bike look kind of new. Yeah. I don't like white. You know, my parents would have told me, go fuck yourself, get on the bike. <laughs> yeah. You learn to like white. I bought you. Oh, well, where are the tires you bought? <laughs> oh, did you have some black tires that you'd rather have? Well, that's the thing, and she didn't realize that the uh, the tires that I had taken off of there that were basically you know rubbed to the to flatness, uh, yeah. they were white at one point, but were worn down and old and cracked and faded. Yeah. <laughs> little kids, you're so stupid. Yeah, go ahead. here. I'll go get you the uh, little tool. You put them back on. Yeah, but at least you're like you know what, uh, whatever. I just hate the. <laughs> Because that's what parenting is. It's kind of telling your kid you're a dick sometimes. <laughs> and uh, The nicest way to tell someone you're a dick. Yeah, my parents would do that. I'd be like, I don't like white. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I bought those. Ride them. That's those right. Those are brand new tires. Learn. Oh, damn it. When you, I'll tell you what. When you get a job and you afford tires, you can go buy whatever tires you want. Mm-hmm. That's what my, I, I remember getting that speech all the time. Oh, this yeah. wasn't what I wanted. Well, when you get a job and you work, you can buy whatever the fuck you want. 
which kind of led me into a bad place because then when I got money, I just spent it on everything I ever wanted, kind of as a fuck you to my parents. Yeah, no like, shit. Like, I bought socks. Why? Because I wanted them. And, like, they, you spent $14 on socks. Yeah. Guess what? I'm still blowing money on baseball cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even now, I'm like, the the funniest thing was when my mom bought me my Sega Genesis and I was 16. She yeah. goes, I don't know why I'm buying this for you. You're going to outgrow it in six months. I'm 34 and I could not wait for the new Xbox to come out. No shit, right? So, and I bring that up to her all the time. Yeah, it's yeah. like, remember when you bought shit up? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the uh, I think that next PlayStation comes out like before my next birthday, and I've already been dropping that hint yeah, to yeah, anyone yeah. that no, I think it, I think it all I think it all drops like mine's on the my birthday's on November twenty seventh. Wait, is that yours? Yeah. Oh, awesome. are you kidding me? No. <laughs> me, you, Josh Blue's birthday is November twenty seventh. He and I were actually born on the exact same day. Uh, really, nineteen seventy eight. Okay, and but unfortunately, he was born in South Africa. And I was born in America. Yeah. Which makes me American. <laughs> Damn right. And uh, Get out of here. I, yeah, I know some of the names. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix. Yep. Um, I think that's... Th- those are the only ones I know. Uh, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. Amelia Earhart? Could no. be. And Urkel. Jaleel White. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I never got to hang out with Jaleel. I hung out with Dustin Diamond a few times. Screech. Yeah. And Jimmy Walker opened for me at the Borgata once. Yeah. And uh, and at the Borgata, it's like a three-man show. And the one guy brings up the next guy and then brings up the next guy. So I looked at the other guy. I was like, he didn't really give me ask me for my intro. I don't know if he knows he's introing me. And they're like, okay. So we were all kind of waiting. And so he just starts into this intro. And it was a great intro. It was absolutely false. And he was like, this next comic, he's top 10 on Sirius XM. He worked 50 weeks last year, and the only two weeks he had off, he spent entertaining the troops in Afghanistan. <laughs> and I'm like, so I, anyhow, I go out and do the show. And then afterwards, I went up to Jimmy Walker. I'm like, hey, man, I have an intro if you want. He's like, ah, no. He's like, this <laughs> intro is great. I go, okay, well, can you not say that I went to Afghanistan? Because I didn't, and I feel really uncomfortable that yeah. you say that I did. Uh-huh. And he's like, but you will. I'm like, no, no, I have no intentions of going to Afghanistan to tell jokes. I know a lot of comics do that. Yeah. I'm probably not going to be one of them. Only because I travel so much that on the few weeks that I do have off, the last thing I want to do is get on a plane for 18 hours Mm -hmm. to a war zone. And I will support the – I'll Skype the shit out of them. Uh, And I went to Cuba. I did that. I went to Guantanamo Bay. Oh, wow. Uh not quite the dangerous place that of of Afghanistan. Anyway, so I told Jimmy Walk and I was just like, please do not say that. And he would just say it. He would just say it. And I realized he just doesn't that's the he doesn't have the capacity in his brain to alter things. No, like he's just not. gonna say what he's going to say and and he's not gonna edit it at all. And it was just like, and so every night it was this huge introduction and I'd walk out and I just felt like the biggest piece of shit. <laughs> I just felt like so fake. You got veterans coming up after the show. Just thanks, like, man. Thanks for entertaining the troops. Ah, <laughs> uh, it didn't happen. Except for the ones that were in Gitmo <laughs> watching the prisoners. I helped them out. Oh, man. <laughs> but that was a 90 minute flight from Miami. Yeah, I can yeah. do that. No. That's no big deal. I'm not flying into flack. 
<laughs> oh, that is fucking funny. JJ, hey, when you when uh, your name is searched, the name Tommy Chong comes up as well. I just did a special with him, yeah, on Showtime called Tommy Chong and Friends or Tommy Chong Comedy at four twenty or something. Yeah. And it was a, I did, I love Tommy, I love, but I don't, and I, I definitely am very involved in the marijuana lifestyle. I just don't tell a lot of jokes about it. Yeah, it's just. I think because it's such a part of my life, it's like it's like for the same reason I don't tell jokes about breathing or drinking water or eating. Like yeah. it's just kind of understood that I do all those things. Yeah, yeah. So I don't really tell a lot of jokes about pot. And so when they kept asking me to be on, I'm like, I don't do pot jokes. Like I, I obviously I wear a bell bottom. It's obvious I'm involved. Yeah, like yeah. I don't. And so finally, Showtime was just like, you don't have to do pot jokes. Just please be on the show. And I was like, cool. I mean. Anytime you get to be on television yeah. is a thing. And uh, it was one of the worst experiences oh, no. I've ever had. I mean, as far as filming television. And it wasn't their fault. Tommy was deathly ill the day we shot it. I brought a girl with me who I'd had a crush on and who on the drive there had made herself the most unattractive woman on the planet. Uh-oh. And wouldn't stop talking on top of that. So it was just a lot. I was not in a good place. Oh, no. And, uh, and then they, uh, yeah, Tommy's got like pneumonia or something and he's deathly ill. And Tommy gets sick in the middle of a set and walks off stage. And the director, for some reason, decides to tell the audience. He could have told them anything. Like, Tommy's too stoned. Tommy has to go lay down. He's just fucked up. Ah. Yeah, yeah, right. No, he walks out there and goes, Tommy's going to the hospital. He's very sick. And then you had to go out and perform? People left. Everyone leaves. Like, 100 people get up and leave. Now, bear in mind, all these people had also watched Jay Moore's hour specials get taped and Ian Bag's hour special get taped. So they're done. They've just basically watched the Titanic of comedy. Not that, no, I'm not saying that they're terrible, but just like it's three hours. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, so, yeah, he's like, Tommy Chong's in the hospital. Well, people are like, well, I'm done. I'm leaving. (laughs) And I, and I see the director, he's on stage going, no, don't leave, don't leave. We have more comics. And they're like, we don't give a fuck. Oh, no. Guess who's next? Me. Ladies and gentlemen. And that's pretty much how it, by the time they got everyone in place, they just went, ladies and gentlemen, here's your next comic, Chris Porter. Here with introduction is Jimmy Walker. <laughs> right. And uh, I went out in the first seven or first five minutes. No one said a thing. No one react. It wasn't like I was eating shit. Like they were paying attention. They just weren't like, they're just like, mm-hmm, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes into it, I kind of got them on my side. And then by the end of the set, it worked out. But that, if you watch the special, I'm only on there for like six, seven minutes. And it's because. The first five was fucking terrible. Oh, no. And we didn't think it was ever going to see the light of day. We just thought, you know, poor Showtime, they ate a yeah. couple hundred thousand dollars on yeah, this yeah. thing. Were there other people that went up after you? Uh, yeah, poor Eddie Ift had to go up after me. And uh, next thing you know, it's two years, a year and a half later, we get a phone call like, hey, we need you to come to Tommy Chong's house and shoot some b-real stuff so we can cover up for the terribleness that was the shoot itself because oh. i wasn't the only one that had issue. i think the second guy jay jay phillips like the mic went out on him for like eight minutes like it was just and he didn't know because it worked in the monitor whatever yeah, so yeah. 
Yeah, and then it, but it came out, and it they actually did really well with it. I was pretty happy with what they did, and we just filmed a lot of stuff of us just hanging out at Tommy's house. What's that like? Hanging out at Tommy's house? Yeah. Uh, like hanging out at your uh, your uncle who used to be cool, but then he married someone that kind of made him not be cool anymore, and you have to deal with it. <laughs> like Shelby's a sweetheart, but she's just very. She's trying to keep her husband alive and doesn't want him to smoke a lot of reefer and probably doesn't like a lot of his... Like, she wasn't there for the B-reel. She was there for the other shoot, but... uh, He's still smoking, right? Not as much, it seems like. we. He took two puffs off of one of our joints and was like, done. Yeah. And I I worked with Tommy 12 years ago, and he was puffing pretty hard, and... um, But yeah, I mean, you spend 11 months in jail, that kind of ruins your... Tolerance. Yeah, yeah. So, I know when I don't smoke for a day, and then I smoke a little bit. You're just like, whoa! So I can imagine what eight months in a hokey is going to do. Yeah, you. no shit. Yeah, I got a chance to meet uh, to meet him and uh, Cheech. They were both in town a few years ago. Yeah, they got back together and did it. Yeah, which was you know good for both of them. More for Cha. I mean, Cheech. Has, Cheech is making his. His Nash money, whatever. Nash money. What's that? What's that show yeah, with Don Johnson? Something Nash. Nash. Nash Bridges. Nash Bridges. He's making that. <laughs> Never Nash seen Bridges. it, but <laughs> yeah, but Cheech is in it, and uh, that was funny. Nash Bridges. <laughs> but fuck, man, that's that's good money. Being on terrible TV is good money. Mm-hmm. Ask anybody. When's your terrible TV show? I don't know. I'm looking for it. Yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll row a boat for kids on some Nickelodeon show. I really don't care. I'll be that guy. I'll be, you know, just short of Screech at this point. A screech would be just short of Screech if he could. Oh, that boy. That boy's fucked up in the face. He's just not... His 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 sense of reality is not correct. Yeah. And I mean that's that's kind of a uh, byproduct of living that child star life and you know there's still a lot of really hot girls that would fuck screech and will and you know that kind of stokes that fire. As and, long as there's one. Well yeah and then <laughs> I mean look when he was on that show that fit show and he was just a complete asshole i did watch that like Celebrity that's fit not club. really like that was just him trying to be stand uh, out stand out and be you know and try to make a name for himself as something the complete opposite of what america knew him as yeah and that was like this kind of pretentious douchebag asshole who kind of i mean for what he did tell it like it was in his face like, and he did say some things where, like, yeah, that's kind of true. You probably shouldn't have said that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, you absolutely are right, but you're still a fucking giant douche. Hey, I know we're, I know we got to wrap this up here. We're taking up a lot of time here. Yeah. But I do, um, I, did you see this story? I, I love this one. I'll just read you the headline, see okay. if you heard it. Marijuana grower killed and nearly decapitated by booby trap he set to protect plants. Do you see this? No. This is, a, this is like, uh, well, I printed this out today. It was from today. Did we do it from today or yesterday? In any case, yeah. Dude growing pot uh, killed himself with a booby trap he'd set. Where was this? It was in, uh, it says he drunkenly drove his quad bike, so like a four-wheeler, yeah. into barely visible thin piano wire strung up around his plantation in Albany County. That here in Minneapolis? No, no, Minnesota? no. no. Uh, the 50-year-old was thrown from his Honda, his head almost entirely severed from his body. 
Uh, hikers spotted his lifeless corpse and called cops. Police also found barbed wire and a leg trap used to catch coyotes surrounding the four large plants. Four, four plants? plants? What? <laughs> I had never got to that part of the story when I yeah. read it earlier. Someone really wanted his own... Yeah, I mean, that was just a crazy, uh, like, conspiracy theorist kind of guy. That's probably. like, they're after my four plants. Once they get into the barn he lives in, there's probably a bunch more booby traps. Yeah, for- yeah, and a lot of American flags. And <laughs> There was one more here I wanted to show you. Uh, where the hell did that go? There was a guy... I have it here. Oh, anyway, I... I Fucking A. Where is that now? Where is that now? While I'm looking for this, where can people find you on uh, Twitter? And stuff? I am Chris, at I am Chris Porter uh, is my tweets. Uh, my my uh, website's chrisporterisfunny.com. And uh, that's really it, really. You have one, one CD? One there? CD currently. The second one's in uh, the editing phase. It is? Yes. Where was that recorded? Uh, at the Folly Theater in Kansas City. Okay. And the hometown uh, crowd, hometown crowd, sweet. And uh, I looked, you know, I looked at cover options yesterday. So with Dan, are you working with Dan on this? I am not working oh. with Dan on this particular one. I Dan has my first album. Oh, right on. And uh, I would have loved to work. You know, Dan's a very good friend. I love him to death. But uh, Dan Schissel, Dan Schlissel, Schlissel, Sand Stand Up Record. He and I, uh, but you know, uh, this company, New Wave, has. A little more money and a little more uh, opportunity. They have a little more of a relationship with the networks and stuff like that. So, you know, we're really trying to get this special on to, on the te- television. Oh, right on. And so, um, yeah, I'm thinking hopefully, depending on how it works out, I think I might put, hopefully we'll get the vinyl records to be on stand-up records. But oh, very cool. That's really a decision that's not completely up to me. Oh, so. okay. I can't find the thing I was going to, but I'll just try to describe it to you. Somebody, there was another person that was pulled over. Uh, in the picture, I wanted to show you. Have you ever, like, I'm sure you've done it. Um, probably when you left for college, you pack everything you possibly can into your car. Oh, yeah. You know, where it's like, you can't see out the back. Yeah, because yeah. Because it's just absolutely stuffed. Did Even in the, the passenger seat next to you. Did that way on, on the way out to Los Angeles. Yeah. This guy gets pulled over. Uh, and I don't remember how he got pulled over, but he was doing something stupid. Yeah. Uh, but his car was full, not of his laundry and his lamp and his vacuum cleaner, pot plants. Really? Yes. Like Just driving around. Plants. Like on the seat, on the floor, like four of them in the back seat, on the floor in the back seat. And he got the, pulled over for yeah. like not wearing a seatbelt. Or something like that or a uh, you know, signal donuts. or something. Yeah. <laughs> donuts. <laughs> fucking idiots. Um, he, listen. The people that get busted 98% of the time aren't very good at it. Yeah. The people that are really good at it, you never hear about. Right. You know, until their American gangster movie comes out. And you're like, <laughs> oh, that was, that dude did blue magic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't, you know, I, I know a guy in Kansas City who's been dealing for 14 years, and there's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just he knows how to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the idiots who get cocky and lazy and decide to throw pot plants in their car and just drive around and, and not use their turn signal. I'm going to find that. And I'm going to send it to you uh, okay. on Twitter. You're going to love this. The picture is fantastic. You know, what a lot of people don't understand is that the stupid kids in high school don't get any smarter after high school. Like right. They're still dumb. Mm-hmm. They're just in 
life now. Now they have like now they're making real decisions. And they're going to affect you. Like people just think once you get out of high school, like after you after graduation, you just learn everything. And it's like <laughs> no. It's like it's just like some doctors are terrible because they barely graduated. Like there, there are some doctors that just barely made it. Yeah. And fuck, you don't know that. No. You don't they they should post their scores like as you walk in. Like you know an how, extra like, letter in PhD. Or yeah. like lowercase or something. Uh, it's more of a PFD yeah. but, uh, or a PDD, but still. Uh, yeah, so it's just like you have to kind of take that into consideration. The idiots are still idiots, but now they have real jobs and, and loans and shit. Cars full of pot. And cars full of pot. Two final questions, Chris okay. Porter. Thank you for doing this. Thank you this for having That's not man. a question, but by. I appreciate it. Okay, yep. That was not a question. That doesn't count. First question, who is your favorite royal all time? I guess George Brett. You George to, Brett. You kind of have to give it to him, don't you? Okay. This this question doesn't count. That um um, if it wasn't George oh, no, Brett, I can't say that. Get, it's get, Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Of course. Yeah. Like, I don't even. It's hard to put him in, you know, because his number's not out in the outfield like it should be. But sixteen. Yeah, and Billy nice. Butler has it now, and it's like. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Bo Jackson always. Yeah. Is my favorite royal. I love Bo. How about Steve Balboni? Third favorite royal. Yeah, it's Jackson Brett Balboni. Fair enough. You got to have Balboni yeah. in there. He I looked so. like he could fix your sink. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, he looked like I'm going to play first. Then when I'm done, I'm going to take a look at your garbage disposal. See if we can't get that running around. <laughs> Stay put. I'm going to take care of that. Yeah. Final question. You're an LA guy. I've been mm-hmm. asking people this question to end the show. Have you ever been fondled or molested by Andy Dick? No, I'm not. I've, I don't think I've even been in the same room as Andy Dick. Well, that's why it hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, uh, I don't tend to hang out a lot of places. Like I go to the comedy store, the Laugh Factory, and I do my spots, and then I get the fuck out. Like I'm just not. The LA scene is fun for about four years, and then you're just like, I, I'm going to use it for what I need it for, and then I'm going to leave yeah. because it's full of some of the most miserable cynical people on the planet yeah. and and the reason they're miserable and cynical is because they've not left the comedy scene for seven years and yeah. they're just like well i hate everyone and you're like well it's because you're around a lot of people that you should hate <laughs> and so you're like i know what you mean but don't hate yourself yeah so now i have friends outside <laughs> of the comedy world like i have a real life yeah. outside of the world yeah and 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 a lot of people don't get that. No, so. I see what you're saying. You know, the Kansas, you got the music. Yeah, and like you know, and I've made friends again outside of this comedy world. And when you do that, when you're around people that where you don't have to talk about where were you last week and what's that guy like and this and this and this, it it's like you know, you know what it's like. It's like having like an air conditioner that's half broken and it's going. <laughs> Uh-huh. But you don't. Your brain kind of blocks it out, right. but but yet you're still miserable and anxious all the time. And then finally, someone turns it off, and you're like, "Oh, that was the problem." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what the comedy scene's like. It's great if it's, but when it's always on, you're just like, "Ah, I can't. I don't know why I'm fucking angry, but I hate it." <laughs> and then when you get out of the comedy scene for like, you go home or you go to a rock show or something, you're just like, oh, "I can breathe again." Yeah, and it's and it's because you. Fine, and it doesn't matter if it's comedy or accounting or anything. You can't constantly surround yourself with anything, or you you'll you'll suffocate. 
And so, what, so that's why I don't hang out. And, and that's why I haven't been fondled by Andy Dick. But I also wasn't there the night Chappelle showed up and hung out with everybody and took him out to dinner. Yeah. Well, you know, so I don't, I miss a few things, but I, at the same time, I miss a lot of shit that I don't want anything to do with. Yeah. Keeps you out of trouble, I bet. And and when you show up, people are like, I haven't seen you in forever. Ah, it's great to see you. Not, I fucking saw you yesterday and you're still wearing the same shirt. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Right on. No, I haven't been followed by Andy Dick. <laughs> Yet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, this bro. Has been I fun. had a blast. Anytime. Yeah. Flew by. We'll uh, hopefully do it again when you come back. Sounds great.